I'm going to jump right into the scripture for just a moment this evening, this morning. And I, I know we're pushing on 20 to noon. We're getting up here almost quick for us lately. I might even get us out of here by, I don't know, quarter after 12 or something today. So we're going to jump right in. We'll see how fast we go. But I am excited to see what God's going to do in this next period of time here at First Church. He's doing some mighty things. And we're glad from that. I missed a guest. Matthew, we're glad to have you with us today. So I am so glad to see everybody that's here, to see a whole bunch of smiling faces. I was counting this morning. I'm, I'm a numbers guy, and I, I like numbers. I like to count things. Not just like randomly count things. That'd be weird, but quantify things. And I, uh, I checked this morning to see how many people we had here. And we had the same amount of people here for our 10 o'clock Sunday service that we had here for our 11 o'clock Sunday service a year and a half ago, my first service here. So I am thankful to see God doing some increase at First Church. I'm excited to see what he's doing. And I am thankful for the leadership of our pastor that's letting that happen. And while you're still standing, I'll jump into the word. I won't keep you up all day. Isaiah, the 40th chapter, starting with verse, I'm going to read verse 28 and I'll read the rest later. It says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, Faineth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. So he says, do you know how big my God is? And then I'm going to jump down to verse 31, and we'll look at the rest of it after you're sitting down. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Y'all can be seated. I'm going to talk for a few moments simply on what to do when you're weary. I put that sermon title on there this week as I was pinning this, and I think I've, I must have been here long enough for Pastor to start rubbing off on me, because there's a whole bunch of W's right there. Next thing you know, I'll start rhyming. You know, Pastor's brother, Trent, I actually knew Trent pretty well before I knew Pastor real well, and Trent had me convinced for the longest time that their uncle was Dr. Seuss. Like, because he told me that, like the first 20 times I met him, he's like, you know, our uncle, he, the problem is he told me that before I knew pastor real well, and Trent doesn't rhyme all the time. And then I get here, and then all of a sudden, pastor's got all the rhymes going on, and everything's made, I, I was just about reconvinced. But I, I noticed that I had what to do when you're weary, I had all kind of W's, maybe that somebody will remember it, but I was contemplating this week, and I wonder if anybody's ever been tired. I, I'll be honest with you, I'm tired this morning. I, my flesh didn't even want to get out of bed this morning when the alarm went off. But I really wanted to turn the phone over and lay back down for a little while, but when I woke up this morning, there was a bunch of scaffolds stacked right about here on the platform still, so I couldn't, because otherwise I've, I would have been just barely dragging in. Well, hey there, pretty girl, how are you this morning? I, uh, I'm wore out today, and I think it's all these people that was here yesterday. I, I would have liked to have left about 4 o'clock, I think, but everybody else is working and can't be the last guy to leave, so or the first guy to leave, so I had to wait till at least enough people left that I could leave. We still had people working. Brother Clyde, I think he may have still been here working, and Sister Starr was still here working, and I think Tess and Abby were still here working, and I finally got to the point. I said, you know what? I'm not doing any good. I I'd been sitting for about 30 minutes right about here. All I had accomplished was to eat some Taco Bell. 
I said, I don't think I'm getting anything else done tonight. So then I went to my office and sat down and I ate some Oreos. And then I went home. I said, I'm just tired. I'm, I'm wore out. I'm weary. And I, <clears throat> I didn't have much energy. But I'm not so worried about being physically tired because I can roll over and I can go to sleep. And I'll wake up the next day and I'm pretty well good to go. And if not, in a couple days, I'll be, I'll be fine. And I'll get rested up and get caught up on my sleep and I'll be... I'll be fine, but sometimes we get weary. We get weary emotionally and spiritually, and things begin to, life begins to wear on us and drag on us and pull us down, and it seems like we're just going and going and going, but we're not getting anywhere. We're just treading water sometimes, it seems like, and, and we look at life, and we're like, I still got the rest of it to live, and I'm already tired. What do I do now, Michelle? What am I going to do now? I got the rest of this life to live, and I'm done wore out already. Isaiah, as he's writing, we quote verse 30, 31 a lot, looking at they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And, and that's great. We're going to get there in a minute. But the first couple of verses before that are every bit as important because I can't get strength from something that ain't strong. I got a son that eats nothing but peanut butter crackers and french fries. I, that's not an exaggeration. He might eat like one other thing, bread. And bread. He'll eat rolls. Yeah, cinnamon roll here and there. But he doesn't eat meat. He gets no protein in his diet other than his mom makes him drink a protein shake every morning because he won't eat food. And so when I need to carry things, he is not the one I call. If I need somebody to, like, blow away in the wind, I'll call Braden. If I need somebody to give me a really good food critic rating on French fries or bread or peanut butter crackers, I'll call him. But if i got to carry stuff, I don't always call him because he's about this big. I can't get a whole lot out of him sometimes. Somebody's texting, Abby, why are you texting me while I'm trying to preach? I knew she'd enjoy if I called her out there. I uh, I can't get a lot of him out of sometimes because he ain't all that big. But if I need something picked up, and I can get him to not be playing basketball for a day, I'll call Kiwan. Kiwan, he'll pick it up and he'll move it. Or if I need to carry something real heavy, I'll get a hold of Zach. I'll tell you one day, we had, Sister Raynell, we you all came and picked up a piano. And I, I was on one side of this piano, and Sister Raynell's dad was on the same side as me of this piano. And the two of us, were, we're doing all we can to get it picked up, and Zach, he just picks up the other side of the piano like, like, what, what are you guys struggling with? And here, it's all I can do to get this piano picked up. Because if I need to carry something, I don't mind carrying something if Zach's around. That boy, he can just pick it up and tote it off. I was wishing I had him. I had to move this organ back this morning. And I'm glad nobody was here to see it. Because it was all I could do to scoot that thing like three foot. But if I'd had Zach or maybe Brother Clyde here, we could have just, just pushed it over there. But I can't get anything out of something that's not strong and... So before Isaiah begins to tell us about the rest that we need and how we can get it from God, he spends some time first telling us just how big God is. He says, hey, have you ever looked at my God? He says, whom will you liken me? Who shall I be equal to, saith the Holy One? God says, is there anybody as big as I am? My grandfather used to tell a story 
he gets a knock on the door one day. And he opens the door. He's got this biker slash part-time amateur wrestler that lives across the street from him. Got a bunch of face tattoos going on, just typical biker dude. Pretty big, pretty burly, gets in a lot of fights pretty publicly. And he opens, my grandfather opens the door. Now, my grandfather is the meeker, was the meekest man you'd ever meet. I never heard him raise his voice in anger. My parent, my dad never heard him voice, raise his voice in anger. My grandmother heard him get mad and raise his voice one time in their marriage. The meekest, quietest man you'll ever meet. And he opens the door to this biker right there in his face. Says, we need to go outside. We're going to go fight right in the middle of the street. My grandpa's wondering what he's done to this gentleman. He's trying to start backpedaling, and he sees my uncle from the, from the side. My uncle Tony's about 12 at the time, and he was the troublemaker of the family. Well, come to find out, my uncle and this gentleman's son had gotten into an argument that day over whose daddy was the biggest. He said, my daddy, he can whoop your daddy. My uncle says, oh, no, he can't. You see, my daddy, my daddy, he can take your daddy. My grandfather says he was just trying to figure out how the headlines were going to read, biker beats local pastor in the middle of the street. Luckily, he was good enough at talking. He, he got out of that situation, didn't have to fight the man, but kids all over think their daddy is the biggest and the baddest. And their daddy, he can take anybody else's daddy. Well, Braden may not think that now that I've picked on him for the last 10 minutes, but most kids do, at least when they're little. And Isaiah, as he's writing about God here, he says, you know, it's equivalent here saying, you know who my daddy is. My daddy, he's bigger than your problems. My daddy, he's, he's bigger than your weariness. He's bigger than your situation. He's bigger than your life that's wearing you down, your problems that are dragging you until you look at life and you look at tomorrow and you look at what you have to go to and you have no idea how you can take another step, how you can move another day, how you can get through one more minute. And Isaiah, he, before he ever gets to talking about the weary and before he ever gets to talking about where he's going to find his rest, before he ever gets to talking about how the young men can, or how we can rise up on wings as eagles and all of that, he first says, hey, let me tell you how big God is. Because when I tell you where to go with your problems, you're going to need to know who you're taking them to. When I tell you where to take your situations to, when I tell you where to bring your spirit of heaviness that you carry in and where you can drop it off, First, I got to tell you who you're bringing it to because if you don't know, you ain't going to have no faith to bring it. He says, lift your eyes on high and behold who created these things that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might. He's strong in power. Verse 28 where we read earlier says, hast thou not known? <coughs> Excuse me. Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the earth, fainteth not? He doesn't get tired. He isn't weary. There's no searching of his understanding. You're not going to run into a situation he doesn't already understand. You're not going to find a problem he doesn't already have a solution to. He giveth power to the faint. To them that hath no might, he increaseth strength. 
Even the youth, even young people get tired. The youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men, they shall utterly fail. So first he says, let me tell you how big my God is. Let me tell you how broad his knowledge is. Let me let you know before I even tell you about your problems that he already knows the solution. Then he says, let me tell you something else. Everybody gets weary. We all get worn out. If you think you're the only one getting tired, you ain't. Because we all get there. We all get worn down. We all get weary. But then he says, but, I always like when I read a bunch of problems in the Bible. He says, hey, you got this, 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 this going on. Brother Marty mentioned reading in the book of Amos earlier. The book of Amos, I love the fifth chapter. But the first four is like problem, 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 problem. I'm like, man, I'm glad I ain't an Israelite right there. But then you get to verse 5. I like that but situation. He says, hey, there's all this going on, but. Don't laugh at me, Sister Laura. I didn't intend it to be that funny. That wasn't even a joke. He says, I got all these problems going, and there's this and this and this and this and this. But in this place, then God will do this. And Amos, he says, you got all this going on, but put God first, and you shall live. But seek ye me, and ye shall live. It says it like four or five times in the fifth chapter of Amos. It says, hey, there's death coming, there's destruction coming, everything you know is going to fall apart. Seek God first, and you shall live. And that's where we are here in Isaiah, the 40th chapter. The young men are going to get tired. We're all going to be weary. We're all going to be worn out. If that chapter started, stopped at verse 30, I probably wouldn't like to read it a whole lot. I don't like reading them chapters. It's all doom and gloom. I'll be honest, I really like to get through those real quick so I can get to the good ones. I know they're all good, but there's some that are good ones. We get to verse 31, he says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. (laughs) He says, remember who your God is. Remember how big he is and how smart he is. How he already knows your situation. His understanding is already greater than what you're going to come against tomorrow. Remember all that. Know that you're not alone when you get tired, when you get wore out, when you get weary. That's just because you're human. And when that happens, know where you can run in your weariness. Know that in the midst of your weariness, in the midst of your trial, and when you're going through it and you feel like nobody else is going through it with you and you feel like it's all you've done and you can't go anywhere else and you can't do anything else, you don't know how tomorrow you're going to get out of bed and put one foot in front of the other. At that point, take your problems. Take your weariness. Take your heaviness. Take the things that you carry. And bring that to an almighty God. Because if we can wait upon him. If we'll just let him work. We'll bring our problem and our situation. Our our cares and everything that drags us down. And weighs us down. And we bring it to him. This is not one passage. One place in scripture. We find it. (coughs) Excuse me. Again and again. In 1 Samuel the 30th chapter. David's at Ziglag. And David at Ziglag is not a real exciting place to be. They get, 
For one, David's like in Ziglag because he's in exile of the place that he's anointed to be king over. When you're anointed to be king of somewhere, it's hard to be king if you're not there. Also, if there's also a current king and if that guy wants to kill you. So David's in a rough spot, and he and his guys that are with him, they've got out of, got out of Dodge. They're hiding out in Ziglag, and they, they get to Ziglag here in Isaiah, sorry, in 1 Samuel, the 30th chapter. Here they are, they're hiding out, and they go out and they come back, he and his men, wives are gone, the kids are gone, Ziglag's been burnt down, they're in a pretty rough spot. Then he starts worrying, what am I going to do with all this problem, all this situation? And he looks at it, and all his guys are turning to him, and they're like, hey, my wife's gone, my kid's gone, my house is gone, guess what, David, I'm going to kill you. He's already got King Saul wanting to kill him. Everybody in the world just wants to either use him to fight for him or fight against him and kill him. And now the only people he had were the guys with him. And they're like, hey, I was all for you, David, when Saul was chasing us. I was all for you when the locals was chasing us. But when people take my wife and my kid and they burn my house down, guess what? I know how to do one thing, David. I've been with you because I know how to kill people. So guess what? I'm coming for you. And David's like, huh. I'll tell you, I don't want to be in that situation. I, he, he's looking around saying, what do I do? Where do I go from here? So as they get back, and the women were captives, they slew not any, great or small, but they carried them away, and they went on. And David and his men, they get to the city. Behold, it was burned with fire, their wives, their sons, their daughters taken captive. David and his people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept till they had no more power to weep. They're sitting around crying. <laughs> Verse 6, and David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. David was in a place where he was the only guy in town that was for David. Think about that for a moment. He's, you talk about going through it. Imagine you get home and your whole family's gone, your house burnt down. And no one around you cares. All they want to do is kill you for it. I, I don't really even know, I don't think, how to quite imagine the gravity of David's situation. But I can tell you that he was not in a great place. I don't think he was probably mentally or emotionally super pumped up right then. You want to talk about somebody that's worn down and life weary. He's lost everything including the support of anyone around him. And David knows the only thing David can do is turn to God. It says he encouraged himself and the Lord his God. He had lost a lot. His men were ready to turn on him. But he knew that if he could just take his problems to his God. Sometimes it feels like we're going through it all alone. and There are some things that we go through that Sometimes it's just us going through them. I mean, real talk, there's some things I go through that I don't want to tell everybody else about, so I just go through them by myself. Now, does that mean we should do that? Not always. Most of the time, we can find somebody and take it to them. That's what the church body's for. It's a family that loves you and cares for you so that you don't have to go through these things on your own. That's why we're here. That's why God chose for us to get together so that we didn't have to each forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. That's so we can spread the gospel, but it's also so that we've got a body that we can be there for one another, to lift one another up and to cry with one another. (laughs) David didn't have any of that, so David 
He did have God. It says he encouraged himself. He picked himself up. He lifted himself up in the Lord. And then we say, well, that's all Old Testament stuff. That's, that's going on back when people ran around on foot and stabbed each other with spears, and the world's a whole lot different now. I'm not David. I'm probably not going to go out to battle and come back and find my wife and my kid kidnapped and, and my house burnt down probably. That's, chances of that happening are pretty low. I don't have a group of fighting men that's going to follow me around until I get their families kidnapped, their houses burned, and they try to stone me. I don't know that I can quite relate to David's situation. But the situation doesn't matter. We get to the New Testament, to the book of Matthew. In the 11th chapter, in your Bible, this will be in red. It's Christ's words talking. Brother Jay, I'm going to do verses 28 through 30 in a moment. Christ is speaking here. And he begins to talk about the heavy laden. Laden is a fancy word to mean loaded down. And sometimes, as we go through life, that's just how we feel. And I've been very general this evening because I don't know each of your situations. I don't know what each of you has got wearing you down. I don't know what all of our problems, some of your problems I know, but I don't know all of everybody's problems. I don't know what your weights are. I don't know what you're carrying. But it doesn't matter at the end of the day because I know my God. God's talking about, Jesus is talking about all these it says, come to me all that labor and are heavy laden. Come to me when you're loaded down to the point that you're not sure you can do much else. It says, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Verse 29 says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Verse 30, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Christ was just as general in his call here because he knew that things would come up. I, I truly believe that the reason he spoke in generality in this passage was because he knew that things would come up that scriptural references, references weren't quite going to meet. But he also knew that it didn't matter what you brought into the place, what you carry into a situation, no matter how heavy or loaded down you are and what it is. Brother Marty, you talked about that truck this morning. They got loaded down. You load a truck down too much and it tends to get stuck. There's still some mud on the dash of my Jeep. I can tell you all about loading down a little too much and getting stuck. Sometimes we get just so bogged down to the point that we can't seemingly go further. And I don't know if you've ever been stuck in a mud hole. I'm going to wrap up trail for a minute. I don't know if you've ever been stuck in a mud hole, but recently I was stuck in a mud hole while pulling a trailer with a bunch of weight on it. I wouldn't recommend it, but that's the situation I found myself in. And I got to that point. If you've ever been to that point, you know if you stop, you're like, if I stop, I'm done. I'm not going anywhere. So I'm down there and I'm reverse and forward and reverse and forward, and reverse, and my poor old Jeep, I just got to pedal on the floor, reverse and forward, reverse, we're way beyond that gentle pedal thing trying to get out, and um, we, I, every time we went forward, we might have gained another inch, maybe an inch and a half, and you know you're in trouble, you look out the window, and 
like right here is a bullfrog that's eye level with me, Michelle. And he's just staring me in the eyeballs. I'm staring him right back in his optic nerve. And we, he was looking like, I think the frog felt bad for me. Like that's where I was in life. Bullfrog was having pity on me. My, my son's got a video that we look in the, in the Jeep. And above the seat, there's a, a Coke or Pepsi or something. I don't remember. There's a can of soda floating like above the lap level in my Jeep. And, I'm thinking, man, pastor's going to be mad when I'm late for church tonight. Because we're stuck here. And I'm back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And every time I'm just inching a little further and inching a little further. And, and finally, <laughs> we started praying for the Jeep. I, I think Alex, my brother-in-law, is with me. And, you know, he's raised in Chicago. I don't know that he'd ever been three foot deep in a mud hole before in his life. And I'm not sure he knew quite what to think, but... But he went to praying for the Jeep, and we got out of there at some point there. And, uh, we, we didn't make it all the way home, but we got home, and we all was well. And I, I'm thankful for that, but I, I wonder sometimes we get to that point in our lives that we feel like we're just stuck in that one spot. And we're carrying the same burden that we've been carrying. We carry it in with us, and we carry it out with us, and we carry it to work with us, and it just gets heavier and heavier and heavier. Clyde kind of giggled when I got up yesterday from eating my Taco Bell. I got up off the platform, and my first four or five steps, I was about like this because I've been climbing around all day, and I've sat still too long. But sometimes that's just how we get in life. We're just carrying so much weight that spiritually and emotionally, we're just, it's all we can do to just, just move. And life is just weighing down. It's so heavy, and we feel like we're, emotionally and spiritually and mentally stuck in that mud hole. And like we're just back and forth and back and forth and we see the same thing over and over. That same bullfrog just staring us in the eyes as we back past him and then drive past him and then back past him. Joker didn't even jump out of the way. just stared at me. And the whole time, Christ is standing there saying, would you just give it to me? You're, you're heavy laden, you're weary, you're tired, you're carrying all that around and he's watching us carry our weight into service on Sunday morning. He says, oh, they brought it today, they've carried it in. And then he watches us just pick our weight up and carry it right back out the door. How often do we come to church wore out and weary and tired bearing the weight of the world on our shoulders? And we carry it into church and then we we get lifted up for just a little bit and a little rejuvenated for just a little bit and, and then we pick it all back up and we carry it right back out the door. And then we're carrying it till next week or to Wednesday night and we're still just dragging all the way to the world. It's all we can do to just pull it with us and just, just get one foot in front of the other so that we can carry all that weight and all that heaviness right back in the next Sunday morning. And the whole time, Jesus is just sitting there. Sister Shafe, you come begin to play. Jesus is just sitting there saying, hey, just let me pick it up. Let me carry it for you. You don't have to carry that, all of that burden. If you'll just let me take it, I'll replace it with something that's easy and light. If you'll just hand all that to me, 
Trade all that heaviness in, all that burden, all the weariness that's weighing you down. Just trade it in and live for me. Give it to me and you just love me and serve me and I'll carry the weight. Does that mean it's not there? No. He doesn't say that the weight will disappear. He just says he'll carry it for us. Life's still going to be life? Sure. Problem's still going to exist? Yeah. If I could find anywhere in the Bible that it said, hey, you come and you serve me and you'll never have problems again, I'd be claiming that promise all the time. I'd be getting up every morning turning to, I think that would be probably First Jason 1 and 1. I'd turn to that every morning and say, Jesus, you said you'd, I'd never had any more problems. Thank you for no problems today, Lord. I appreciate that. I, I speak it, but I don't find that in there anywhere. I find that I'm still going to have problems and I'm still going to go through life. It's still going to be there and it's still going to be heavy. But what I do find is that I don't have to carry it on my own. What I do find is I've got a God that says, I'll pick up the weight. Let me carry that burden for you. Let me be there beside you. And if you get so tired that you can't even move anymore, you just stand. I'll pick it up. And if I have to, I'll pick you up and I'll carry you too. This morning, I don't know every situation here. I don't know every burden. I don't know what's weighing each of you down. But I could almost be sure that everybody here has got at least one problem in their life. Pretty certain most of us have carried something in that's weighing on us. Just life. Life tells me that we probably all got something wearing us down. We all get weary and we all get tired. But this morning... As I quit talking and they begin to sing, I'm going to open these altars up. And I want to let you know that there's a God here today that says, Hey, if you're weak and you're heavy laden, if you're wore out and you're carrying a lot of weight and you're weary, just bring it to me this morning. There's a God here that says, Hey, if you, I know that, that everybody gets tired and everybody gets worn down and everybody gets weary, but if you want in the midst of your weariness, in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your difficulty, if you want to soar as an eagle, you just bring that weight to me. So this morning, I, I open these altars and I ask that you come. I ask that you bring with you the burden that you carried into this place, knowing that you don't have to carry it out the doors with you when you leave today. I ask that you come and bring with you what you brought in, knowing that you don't have to carry that weight out, that tomorrow doesn't have to be the same struggle that yesterday was. So as they begin to play, bring your weight, bring your burden. Leave it on the altar of an almighty God this morning. There's not